Hi, family, and welcome to Normal with Autism. This is Tara. This is Sarah. And we are walking with Faith on this side of the spectrum. Whoa. How's it going? Sorry. Uh, you were singing there a little bit. It's going good. How are you? I am well. Welcome to the kitchen table here in Columbus, Ohio. It's hot. Have yeah. You, have it's going to be like 88 tomorrow. Did you hear that? That is not... I am not happy with that <sighs> at all. <clears throat> I prefer the cool weather. Me too. Versus the warm weather. You know who would be happy with that? Hmm. Our friend Jackie Gowdy. Would Jackie be happy with that? Because she likes the sunshine. Yeah. I've heard that she likes the sunshine. Do you think she wears black in the sunshine still? Obviously. <laughs> well, hey, um, can we give a big thank you to all the listeners? Um, we have almost 2,500 downloads. No, we don't. Yes, we do. We do? We do. That's yeah. crazy. I know. And thank you to Kayla from Mountain Feather Designs. Did you see her giveaway that she did? Oh, who won us? it? Um, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. Oh, okay. It was a nice person, though. Oh, good. We picked a nice person. I'm glad a jerk didn't win. <laughs> would be bad, right? I revoke your winnings. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who won. Um, well, thank you, I, Kayla. Thank yes. you, uh, listener, yeah. for winning. And the follower on and our the follower that follower. It was a follower on our Instagram page that won. So Aww, that was cool. Awesome! Thanks for following us and listening to us. And I, and I just our friends. I want to revisit for just a second why okay. we do the podcast, right? Because we, I think we're getting new people listening. Yeah, tell me because I forgot why. Did you? <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. Listen, I gave up sugar, except for Coke. Listen, I'm getting there. <laughs> I gave up sugar, and I feel so good, right? Except today, I had a Coke. Did you cry? And it's gone straight to my central nervous system. Yes. And I am a mess, and I am so hyper, and I have all the words in my mouth, and they're fighting each other for which one comes out first. So I have a lot of things to say. None of them are appropriate. We'll see where this goes. Okay. So why we do the podcast. Yeah. That's appropriate to talk about. Uh, we do you do want a new co-host? No, not yet. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. All right. So why we do the podcast, we wanted to invite people to the kitchen table here. Yes. Who maybe aren't special needs parents. We know some of those. Mm-hmm. And we want to let them in on what our life is like. But then we also want to encourage the other special need parents who are listening to us. Absolutely. So that's why we do it. So will you please come and find us on Instagram and Facebook? We are at Normal with Autism at both those places. Mm-hmm. You can see some of Sarah's beautiful photography. Aw, a little plug. I know that she does on there, and you can check that out. And if you're listening, pause it for just a second and make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. And we need to introduce our guest because she's laughing. And out of the corner of my eye, I see her laughing, so I'm going to start laughing. So do you want to introduce who we have tonight? Yeah. Well, should we do a disclaimer first about, listen, there's a lot of things happening. There's rubber chickens. There's animals that need homes. There is snacks. Um, There is, there's a lot of people, a lot of kids, a lot of chaos, a we lot have of a, joy. We have a lot. We have a full house tonight. But it's awesome. We do. Listen, mm-hmm. this podcast is not about perfection. No. It's about real life. Yes. Welcome to real life. It's loud. There's chickens. Um, 
Our soda How people many grams of sugar does Coke have? at this point. Our 65 special, grams. Our special guest today. Our special Do guest. not try right. to steal my thunder. Excuse me. You gave me a task. I will complete it. Okay. Our special guest today is none other than the one, the only, Jen Davis. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Thank you. Thank do you, you want to you. introduce our other special guest? Mm-hmm, okay. I do. <laughs> our co-co-host, because she's sitting here without a microphone in front of her and refuses to talk, but okay. she is here. Her presence fills the room. It's, I think you can feel it. Listeners, can you feel yeah, it? I feel it. A special hum feel in your ear hole. I, I think that's our special, special special hum. guest. Our special special guest, Jackie Gowdy. There she is. that mic on over. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to say hi? <laughs> At least say hi. Hi. <laughs> what? If we Jen's only... trying to teach me how to use a microphone because I've never used one before, obviously. Oh hi, everybody. It's really great to be here. And yes, I'm wearing black. So Yes. Yeah. They all wanted to know. They all wanted to know. <laughs> all right. So now that we've introduced everybody in the room... Jen is and, here. And my two children are in the basement. And, <clears throat> and my oldest is watching them. They found a rubber chicken and they're making fire truck sounds so you could hear anything mm-hmm. tonight. So My two children are wondering where I am because I left without telling them I was leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and goodbye. And goodbye. And Keith is in the basement reading tonight. So <clears throat> everybody knows what reading is, right? No? Oh, they said reading, and I thought you were really excited. Raid. Raiding? He's raid, like raid. he's playing video games and raiding? Yes. Okay. I thought you, I thought you said reading, too. Yes. And I was like, I saw him down there, like, on a video game, so he ain't reading. <laughs> yes. That's what he told you yeah, to yeah. do. Raiding. He's fighting bosses in World of Warcraft. Oh. So he got, us, he got us all set up, and then he was like, I'm going to go defeat bosses. Mm. Thanks, Craig. Saving the world. Yep. Hey, one one boss at a time. That's right. <laughs> one video game at a time. Speaking of saving the world, I will give us five minutes to um, share our thoughts and feelings on Game of Thrones. Oh, oh girl. Mm. But only five minutes. Mm. I don't... Each? And no. <laughs> time starts now. And this is a Christian podcast. Right? I'm yeah, fine right. with Bran being... Why are you fine with it? Should we I'm give fine. a spoiler alert? I mean, people could be like really behind. Yeah, spoiler alert. Oh, spoiler alert. A little delayed, but anyway. <laughs> Listen, if you don't know, Dumber. Jon Snow dies. Right. <laughs> in my dreams. In the way things should have been. Let me just say, let me just tell all of the listeners out there that there's a group what? text. And I seem to be the minority in the group text that I liked the ending and everybody else hated it. So, So when at first, like, it fades to black and I was like, okay, I'm all right with that. But then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, how dare you? Why? Who who were you? I, no, no well, you got five minutes. Go. We're, we're down to four First minutes of all, now. Yeah. Brand. Okay, Brand the Broken is super rude, by the way. He's not he's, broken. Well, he's a, still a whole person. He just can't use his legs. He's creepy. He seemed okay with Oh, that. I don't like him, but that's still rude. Okay, I gotta take the mic for a second. Okay, let's do. So recently I got a weighted blanket, and now I understand what's wrong with Brand. He's sitting under a weighted blanket, you guys. Have you ever put one on? <laughs> They're amazing. And you immediately relax, and your eyes go back in your head like this. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe I'm becoming a third eye raven under the my weighted blanket. I don't know, but I'm just saying. 
if you do not immediately start a company called Third Eye Raven Weighted Blankets, <laughs> you're dead. Oh, you, you're missing. You you're need missing to copyright that, like right now. Somebody's gonna listen I call to it. it. Like, I call it go. first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's my band name. Yeah. Um, okay. No. So here's the thing. But I did read an article that all of their like robes and stuff were all rugs from IKEA, <laughs> which I read. <laughs> <laughs> All their like special fur coats and stuff. They're just rugs. <laughs> that I love that so much. Can have in the budget because of all of the other. Well, stuff. you see all the all CGI, the CGI? Yeah, yeah. with the dragon. They were like, listen, we Ghost got one somewhere. here, and you all got rugs. That's the, where we're drawing the line. Daenerys can have whatever she wants. Y'all get rugs. Okay, here's the thing. The whole time, they're like, "Yo, Bran, can you help us out?" And he's like, "Sorry, dude, I'm a bird. Right, <laughs> can't do anything. Right." And then they're like, yo, dude, do you want to be king? And he's like, duh. Why do you think I'm here? He kind of gave an Owen response, didn't right? he? Like, I came all he's this He's like, why way. are you even, like, obviously? <clears throat> and then I was like, okay, Bran will be king. Whatever. I guess. And then he, like, rolls up. And he's like, hey, guys. Anybody seen a dragon around here? He no? was gonna go look for the dragon. Alright, bye. Or he roll was gonna, out. He was gonna go in the dragon's mind, right? Whatever that's called. I don't know what he was gonna do, but it wasn't something kingish. Can't, He's well, gotta know where the dragon is. He was just gonna why? go use the ravens to find it. Cause so he knows if it's close. Why? I thought he um, could go into any animal. Is it was it? I don't know. I, I thought have it was no just idea. the ravens. Or a person. Or the wolf. Well, he was a wolf at one point. Yeah. Maybe he it is just the ravens and the wolf. Wolves are cooler than birds. Alright. Maybe he can become the dragon. And then, you got I don't one understand. Minute. Oh, man. Ugh. And then Jon Snow is like, oh, no, no, what color socks should I wear? And I was like, you should be king. And I was like, he doesn't know what he wants for breakfast. He can't do anything. Right. And then Daenerys is just like, hey, yo, be my man. And he's like, cool, stab. And like, that was it. There was no, like, final words, no drama. And then Drogon's all like, yo, man. I'm gonna melt this chair. <laughs> and, and that's it. We're done. stood next to. Right? The dragon melted steel, and John just stood there and didn't and he get. He was fine. He did man. cover. I don't care. He his clothes should have melted. All that. All his. He arm did turn away. Him. She was in a fire in like season one, like a giant bonfire. Like, I get it. She up. comes up and she's like, "I'm naked." We so wanted to naked Jon Snow. Okay, let us have yeah, what we want. Too. Okay. I'm just upset Arya didn't wear anybody's face the whole season. What that was, was the such point? a miss. What was the point? Mm, that was. Why did she go through that, that whole, whole right? Yeah. Right? To kill the Night King and to make it a big deal. And right. Which she should have killed the Night King because a man ain't going to do a job, so a woman got to do it. Mm, right. That's the truth. Preach it, girl. <laughs> All right. Who would have been a better and, king? And our Game of Thrones recap. Arya. Oh, our, but you know what? But real quick, can we talk about my girl Sansa Fierce? Looking mighty fine at the end. Do you want to be the queen like of the north? She she was my she's my queen. Okay. All right. Well, but thank did you see her like gown? I did so, see. Oh, I did see. Her so her crown. Girl thank you for wanted. the for the recap, and we kept it. I think to a. A minimum. For more of my opinions, please contact me. Yeah, if you want to hear Sarah's stuff, just just DM her. She'll get back to you. I'm on the wait list for the books. Because it's just not, it's not. Oh, you do? Can I borrow one? Because the first book, I requested the audiobook, and it's like a six-month wait, and it's like 36 hours long. Wow. Wow. So, if you need me. 
<laughs> we know where you'll be. That's what I'll be doing. Hey, did you know that May is Mental Health Awareness Month? No way. Yes. I did know that. It is. And maybe if our Game of Thrones friends are feeling terrible, they could get some therapy. Because mm. there are mental. actual therapists out there that are helping with this current crisis. Well, that's just dumb. It's true, though. They're charging like twenty to five to fifty dollars a session, and to talk about to process Game of Thrones. I thought you were joking. No, I am not. I was. They just need a group text, like (laughs) yeah, with friends. (laughs) And listen, at the end of the day, all you need to know is Breaking Bad remains the greatest series finale of all time. Okay. No, Mad Men. Mm, I, I forgot. To care so, about Mad Men after a while. So May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I thought we could talk about that today. Let's do that. Would that be all right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Jen's here to interview us a little bit. Yep. Because we want to talk about caregiver mental health. Whew, how many know, minutes do I get for this? Did you know there was such a thing? Um, I have no mental health, so I feel like I did know that. Well, let me let me share some stuff with you, and then we'll get into Jen asking some questions of us. Um, first of all, I uh, pulled our Facebook page, the mm-hmm. Columbus Autism Parents Facebook page, and we almost got a, um, a, a like a true sample size oh. of people responding, which was kind of crazy. Nice. Um, and for those of you who aren't statistic nerds, a true sample size means that you had enough people respond out of the people that you pulled to like make it statistically significant. Um, so I asked people uh, if they felt their mental health was at all negatively impacted in terms of being a caregiver, right, to the kiddo, whether they mm-hmm. were an adult kiddo or a kiddo kiddo. <clears throat> and we had um, an overwhelming majority of people say yes. In fact, their mental health was kind of negatively impacted. Mm. But I also asked a bonus question. Um, the bonus question was, if you do feel like your uh, mental health was negatively impacted, tell us about what you feel like some of the positive things are of being a, a caregiver. Mm-hmm. And people were great about responding with that. Um, they were There were a lot of different um, responses, a lot of different posts, um, but most people were saying things along the lines of because of their experience with their um, autistic kiddo, um, they felt like they've learned to celebrate things in a bigger way. They felt like yeah. they're more empathetic. They feel like they're stronger because of it, like mentally and emotionally stronger. Um one lady said that she feels like she has a sisterhood with other moms who mm. are supportive. Um, another lady said, I've learned to be extra patient and take on different challenges. Um, another lady said that um, she's learned to work hard because she sees her child working hard. So yeah. Right. I thought these are pretty, pretty great things. So while um, more than 50 plus people voted yeah that their mental health is negatively impacted a lot of people responded and there's some benefits as well so shout out to the columbus autism parents um facebook page for participating in that thanks guys appreciate that um but i didn't know this that according to mental health of america there's 60 million people providing unpaid care to a loved one Mm, that's a lot so mm-hmm. I kind of want to put that out there that we're doing this unpaid mm-hmm. right like some of us are nurses 
We also have to take up physical therapy Mm -hmm. stuff, occupational therapy stuff, speech therapy stuff. Transportation. Transportation. Yeah. Yeah. And none of, I mean, none of that is, is paid. Right. Um, And then caregiving is a 24 seven job. So you really don't get like a break or a day off. There are respite programs, but um, I know those can kind of be difficult to get into at some point. Mm -hmm. And November is National Caregiver Month. They actually signed a a proclamation. Um, And they did that because uh, Washington did that, like the president. I think Clinton was the first one to do it. He wanted to do it to recognize that. Did you say Washington did that? Well, Washington, D.C. Oh, I thought you meant, like, President Washington. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, like, Washington, D.C. in general okay. um, did this to um, raise awareness around people who are caregivers, whether yeah. it be to an adult or a kid, again, with both physical and mental health challenges. Um, but this is this is something interesting. According to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America... 40 to 70% of caregivers show symptoms of depression or anxiety. Mm, I'm surprised it's not more than that. Right? And it, it probably is. Do you talk about your mental, your own mental health very much? Like, do you uh, pay much attention to it? I don't think I need to tell people. <laughs> I think they can see it. <laughs> uh, I do talk about it some, uh, but I don't talk about it all the time. Right. And I think it's something that we really... I mean, I don't think it's something we tend to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. It's something doctors really didn't pay attention to up until recently. Right. Um, the Wall Street Journal just did an article in February of this year, and it focused mostly on kids with medical illnesses. Um, but a lot of those medical illnesses also overlap with um, mental health issues, right? Whether it be like cognitive delays or some type of other um, diagnosis. And it describes how doctors are starting to pay attention to parents who exhibit these symptoms of PTSD. Um, It includes things like anxiety, difficulty concentrating, hypervigilance. And I thought what was interesting was a lady in that article was saying, like, in in terms of the hypervigilance piece Mm -hmm. of it, like, we have to be hypervigilant. That helps our kids. But it's killing us to constantly kind of be in that state. So I thought all of those things were interesting. And I thought as parents and caregivers, I think it's important we address our own mental health, just not that of our children. Yeah. So Sarah and I wanted to share some stories today, our own personal successes and struggles with our own mental health stuff. And Jen's kind of here to ask us some questions. Yeah. And Hopefully yeah. through this will provide some encouragement to yes, folks. Definitely. Yeah. I think it's I think it's so important to talk about it in any capacity, just because so many people feel like they can't. Mm-hmm. Or it's just got stigmas tied to it all the way around. Mm-hmm. Such a negative connotation. So I think, you know, obviously the more conversations you have about anything, the more like it's it's you realize there's so many people around you that struggle with it. So yeah. Definitely. All right. So we're going to get started. We're going to jump right into our question. So think back to that time before children, that wonderful, magical time many, many years ago when you slept (laughs) through the night and you didn't have, you know. Back when I thought my life was hard. Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did you at that point struggle with any, uh, have any mental health struggles before you became a parent? (coughs) (coughs) So sorry. (laughs) I've been sick for a while. Um, Yes. So I, um, 
I'm 34 now. Uh, I don't remember a time ever in my life that I didn't have anxiety. I didn't know it was anxiety at the time. Uh, but looking back now, it definitely was. Even when I was a young kid. Um, like, I can remember having to take, like, two weeks off school when I was in sixth grade because I was so anxious. Like, I couldn't, like, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. Like, I was a mess. Um, so I, like, had to be taken out of school for a little while. Um, and at the time, you know, back then we didn't... We didn't talk about children's mental health, but that wasn't a thing. Uh, so I didn't know that it was something that I could get help for. Um, I was finally formally diagnosed with depression and anxiety when I was, I was right after high school, so I was probably 18 or 19. Um, I remember I had just graduated high school, I was in college, I was working, I was planning my wedding. And I just remember having, like, a complete breakdown one day. And I was like, I can't live like this anymore. Like, something has to change. So I finally, like, made a doctor's appointment and got on medication. Um, so I've been on med medication for 15 years now. Um, but it's not, it doesn't go away. Like, you find ways to manage it. Um, but it's, I'm always going to have anxiety. Um, having a special needs child makes sure of that. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be something I always struggle with. Um, I wish I could tell you that, you know, you can do this and this and this and it will go away, but it's not going to. It doesn't work that way for me anyway. Maybe unless someone knows, is there like a special like, I don't know. <laughs> essential oil you can give me <laughs> or something we could we could ask Jackie a couple friends got me. <clears throat> about um, that yeah no it's it's going to be something that i always struggle with it affects me every single day uh, yeah yeah mm -hmm. well i i echo your uh, answer i don't think i realized until i was older but i've struggled with anxiety probably my whole life as well. Um, not to the point where I ended up um, seeking any help for it, like calling it anxiety. Um, but I was actually, um, unfortunately, I was uh, sexually abused around the time I was six years old. Um, and so when I went into therapy for the first time, right around the time I was thinking about becoming a therapist, so like in my late teens, that's what I sought help for. So I wasn't focused on like anxiety. I was more focused on like that, that kind of trauma that mm. affected me when I was little. Um, and that's what I, that's what I remember. But now looking back on it and knowing what I know now about anxiety and kind of how it shows up and how it manifests itself. Like I can look back at different points in my life and be like, Oh wow, I must've had a lot of anxiety mm -hmm. at that point. So, but just not, just not recognizing it. Cause like you said, when we were younger, this was the eighties, eighties, nineties, we really didn't, we didn't know talk mm -hmm. about child mental health stuff. Right. So, okay. but I didn't go into therapy until I, 
I was, we were always told in our program, like at college, like you have to go try it yourself because you can't do something that you, you need to be able to do stuff that you ask your clients to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You're, you're not going to ask your client to do something that you wouldn't do. Right. So that's where it started for me. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to say thank you to both of you for just being honest about it because I, I, like I said, I feel like so many people would be like, Oh no, I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's just not something that people share and it's not something that you advertise and it's not something that even comes up in conversation. Like, Hey, how are you? Oh, I'm yeah. dealing with a lot, you know, yeah. but, um, so thank you. I try but. to just be, um, <clears throat> like I've always been really open with Owen's struggles and then also with mine. Because the only way you're going to break the stigma is if you talk about it. Exactly. And it's not something I'm ashamed of. Right. I don't have anything to be ashamed of. It's just the way I'm made. Right. Um, so I can't, you know, I can't ask people to be understanding of Owen's struggles. And I can't try to be understanding of his struggles if I'm also hiding, you know, who I am. Mm. So I... I don't know. In a lot of ways, Owen's diagnosis has helped me come to grips with my own. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've always, I still, at least two or three nights a week, I don't sleep. I lay awake and think about, you know, sometimes it's, what does Owen's future look like? Is he going to be, you know successful is he going to get married is he going to have a job is he going to end up in prison is he going but then sometimes it's you know remember that time you said something really rude to elizabeth in seventh grade like i bet she still hates you like why do i do that oh my god really my brain is the i'm so sorry elizabeth i kind of meant it though um i say oh my god really but if i have a conversation with someone i will i will analyze it back and forth and i'm like um was i silly stupid awkward yeah. yeah. Like, I'll go home tonight and be like, why did I say that on the podcast? Right. Like, I do it every single time. Like, this is why I don't, like, go out in public. Because <laughs> every time I do, and, like, and, and my husband is, like, I'm an extroverted introvert. Like, I'm an introvert, but I like being around people. But then when I am around people, I lose my mind and I don't <laughs> know what to do. So then I start talking crazy and people are like oh you're so funny and I'm like no I'm nervous like I'm this is my anxiety like I don't know how to function um so then I'll go home and try to sleep and my brain is like no you were weird <laughs> let's relive it yeah, yeah don't don't be weird <laughs> yeah right anxiety listen can I just say real quick anxiety is the worst mm-hmm. and anxiety lies to you and tells you you're someone that you're not and anxiety wants the worst for you and it's stupid and punch it in the face. Was it solid advice? Very well said. Yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, that was so deep. Yeah. So now, after having kids, how would you describe your mental health? <laughs> so much worse. <laughs> so, so much worse. Uh, it needs to, there. It needs to be one of those cute signs, like because we have all the you know the cute signs like I love tacos or yeah, right? Like live, the, laugh, love, right? Eat tacos. There needs to be one that describes our, how's your mental health now? So much worse. Yeah. yeah. Oh, can I, you know what? My three-eyed raven weighted blankets will come with the phrase, 
how's your mental health? And then you flip it around and it says so much worse. What kills me is that I, when you said that, I was like, did we talk about that on the podcast? <laughs> like, is that how we started? We did. We started out with talking about weighted blankets and three egg ravens. So do you want to, you want me to go? You want to go? Yeah, you can go. Cause um, I forgot the question already. <laughs> I know. Right. <clears throat> so how, how is our mental health after we've had children? Since having kids. Since having kids. So don't go in the realm of since diagnosis, just right. since having, having kids. Yeah. Well, since having kids. Yeah. Well, so <coughs> to, to start with, with Q, Q, Q uh, was kind of a difficult kid. Like he's an amazing kid now. Like every time, you know, people talk about him, they're like, oh, he's so great and loving. And, and he is, he, he always has been that way. Um, but he, um, had and I know you said diagnosis but he was diagnosed with ADHD right around the time he was four but I think I went through some postpartum after I had him and I don't think I recognized that at the time like I knew something was going on but I'm I wasn't sure what um and it started unfortunately because we I had to have an emergency c-section with him and I think there was yet another trauma um and so when I came home with him, um, I just, I didn't know what to do. And I would cry all the time and I would fall apart. And I would call Keith at work and be like, you need to come home and take the baby because he won't stop crying and I don't know what to do. And I was just a hot, hot mess for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would never got diagnosed with postpartum. I never went to see anybody about it. Um, I just chalked it up to hormones and being sad and my baby wouldn't sleep or he wouldn't stop crying and kind of left it at that. Mm -hmm. So I think that there was that experience that I had with him shortly after he was obviously after he was born. Um, and then with Finn, I like when he came along, it was a scheduled C-section. I felt a little more confident. I was a little more calm. Things were working out with Quentin. He was doing really well. Um, so it kind of fluctuated there between the two, the two experiences. What about you? Um, well, we struggled with infertility for a while. It took us two and a half years to get pregnant with Caleb. Um, so that was hard. You know, that didn't, I was young and. How old were you? I was 20. Three when we started trying. Oh wow! But we, but I also got married at nineteen. We'd already been together for nine years at that point. Seven okay. Years. Uh, so it's not like we like just met. And we're like, hey man, uh, which if you do, that's fine. Uh, no judge. Um, so we tried for two and a half years to get pregnant, and it wasn't working. And you know, of course, my anxiety tells me this is your fault. There's something wrong with you. And everyone was telling me, like, oh, you're so young, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and then it didn't, and I was like, great, another part of me is broken. Um, and then I did get pregnant, and it was the worst, and then I, I was so sick, and um, they had to change my meds, so my depression and anxiety wasn't managed as well then, because the medications I, were ta- I was taking aren't safe for pregnancy. Uh was I, I was scared, actually. Thanks for asking. Um, 
Yeah, it, it was lit. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, so that, you know, that whole pregnancy was difficult. And then I had Caleb and he was awesome. So after Caleb was born, then I ended up with postpartum depression and it was awful. Uh, so, you know, it was, it was hard. It was like a whole different layer of depression. How did you experience yours? Um, so with mine, I didn't want, I wasn't suicidal, but I also didn't want to live. Okay. So it went beyond what I described in terms of like crying yeah. all the time. And yeah. Like I wanted someone to kill me. Okay. Kind of. Okay. Um, and like, I just thought Caleb deserves so much better than me. Like I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I had that same really, thing. Like, really I don't, hard. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel completely yeah, inadequate better. to do this. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so I finally, um, so when he was about eight months old, I was like, I need to get on some better medications. So I quit nursing, uh, made a doctor's appointment to you know, get my meds adjusted and, uh, then found out I was pregnant with Owen. So wow. went from trying super hard to not trying at all to now I'm pregnant again. Uh, so after I had Owen, I really kind of fell apart. Um, so postpartum depression that I still wasn't adequately treated for from Caleb was twice as bad with Owen. Because that was still there. Yes. Yeah. Um, so with that, I was, you know, now I have two kids. I have two kids 18 months apart that I'm trying to keep alive. And I don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. Um, and, like, I just remember, like, researching, like, the safe haven law. Like, can you drop 18-month-olds off at the fire station? That oh, wow. Asked. Wow. Um, and I remember Googling, like, how to change your identity. <laughs> um, I was like, these kids, just they deserve better than me. Like, they, they don't, I'm not cut out for this. Um, so I was like, I had, I had a plan. <laughs> like... I'm going to leave and Matt's going to find someone else and she's going to be better and she's going to be the mom that they deserve and I'm going to go live in Montana and no one's ever going to find me and like I had this whole plan. Um, like it, w it was pretty dark. So uh, I finally when Owen was and we were also broke. So I again couldn't go on the medications I needed because I had to breastfeed to save money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was inadequately treated, you know, I wasn't on the correct meds that I needed to be on. Um, so finally after about five months, I quit nursing and got on some good medications. And the thing that really helped me is I went back to work. Uh, so I worked part-time, um, and it was just enough to get me out of the house and kind of give me some perspective, um, and it made me a better mom. So I started my job when Owen was six months old. I'm still there. I work part-time Monday through Wednesday. And it's the best of both worlds. And it's really, it saved me when I needed it, too. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, and you know, the thing about mental health is it's not linear. You know, you have periods where it's a lot worse and periods where it's not so bad and it's manageable. Um, and I really flip-flopped for a, a while. Um, but I did pretty good after that for a while. Yeah. Until, you know. Until the next question, which is? <laughs> the next question. So I'm going to fill me. in for Jen here because she had to take care of some little ones. So how would you describe your mental health after your child's medical or mental health diagnosis? It, it, it got pretty bad. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, initially with Quentin, when he was diagnosed with ADHD, it was more of a relief. It was more of a like, okay, this is what's been going on. So there was some like, I don't know, I, I guess other than the word relief was there. Um, with Finn and his epilepsy, um, I think my world kind of fell apart. And I think it was at that point that I really started experiencing those PTSD symptoms mm -hmm. that were described in that Wall Street Journal article. Um, I remember, uh, well, now I can think about like anytime I smell the soap at children's, like if I go to children's for whatever reason and I have mm -hmm. to go into the bathroom and wash my hands, anytime I smell the soap, I'm right back in the hospital room with him because it's the same soap throughout the hospital um so there's that um except on t5 where you're not allowed to have soap there you go yes um anytime i drive by the hospital and i have to drive by it every day to take finn back and forth to school um you know my mind drifts there um and i can you know clearly picture everything that happened the month that we stayed in there to try to get his epilepsy diagnosis um the hypervigilance piece of it was very um, difficult um, because I, I don't think I slept properly that very first year that he was diagnosed with it because I knew they would come in the night. And so I was always like every time he would move, I would be awake and then I couldn't go back to sleep. Um, and I'm hypervigilant with him now, like thinking about all of his behaviors where he could like elope or mm -hmm. accidentally hurt himself or put something in his mouth that's not supposed to be there. Um, so I, I think where I had maybe some of the postpartum depression um, after Q was born with the diagnosis that Finn received, it was more his medical diagnosis with the epilepsy. I've definitely experienced some of those PTSD symptoms for sure. Um, and a lot of, a lot of anxiety um, and most recently, um, as of the beginning of this year, um, my dad's cancer has returned. And so there was this piece where, like, right after Christmas, we found out his cancer came back. And then there was a piece where they needed to do an MRI on Finn because they thought there might have been an abnormality in his brain that he could have possibly needed brain surgery on. Um, and since that time, um, for the last couple of months, I've actually also been on medication myself now just to try to curb that anxiety and try to curb that like reaction my body would mm -hmm. physically shake mm -hmm. um most recently and so that was that was uh an awful feeling to have yeah and so I had to I had to get on something and I'm still looking for a therapist so we'll see if that works 
And just an aside, I feel like this isn't said enough. Uh, there's no shame in medication. No. Or meditation or, you know, therapy. There's no shame in you do what you need to do to get better. Yes, absolutely. You yeah. know, sometimes I'm embarrassed to let people know that I'm medication, but why? You know, I'm not embarrassed that I take thyroid medicine. So right. why am I embarrassed that I take anxiety medicine? Or high blood pressure medication or yeah. stuff like that. I think one good thing about the next generation coming up is all of this is so open and so out there. Mm -hmm. Especially that's one positive thing with social media is that people talk about it more openly. And I know like my kids, my daughter is on medication for depression and she's not embarrassed about it and her friends aren't embarrassed about it. It's just part of their life and they want to get help and it's, there's no stigma to it Good. anymore. You know, it's, I have depression. I have anxiety. I know about this and it's not a secret. It's not something to be hidden. It's just mm -hmm. something I deal with. And I think that it's more, um, acceptable and the culture that they're growing up in. And I really appreciate that because Absolutely. like my culture or my generation, you hit it or you just didn't know that you mm -hmm. had something. You were just like, what's wrong with me? I don't know because mm -hmm. it wasn't diagnosed when I was a teenager. You know, it was just like, Ugh, you're just a rebellious, Drama terrible, queen. yeah, dramatic teenager. And it's like, no, I really need some help. Mm -hmm. But you didn't know to ask for it. So. Well, and we're only one generation removed from our parents who... Don't if, believe in mental health. If they dealt with something, they never talked about it. Right. Or if they had a family member, that family member was sent away or locked away. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, people just didn't talk about these things. you also don't discuss things outside of the family. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I that's definitely, you know, no offense to my parents they didn't know any better mm -hmm. you know they didn't know that that was a thing mm -hmm. like that that was something that could be treated and that could get better um but now they know and they see owen and they see you know as difficult as it is to have a child with mental illness i'm so glad for you know He's like a, a walking billboard almost for hope and, you know, I look at him and I see how hard he's working and how much progress he's made and it gives me hope. You know, he is overcoming so much. If he can do it, so can I. So what do you think keeps you or other people in your situation, um, what keeps you from asking for help for your own mental health issues or your mental health needs? Um, I know for me, I, there's a lot of answers to this question. Um, one of the reasons is resources. There's not enough to go around. Uh, there's not enough money to go around. Um, you know, treatment costs a lot of money, especially even if you have good insurance, if you have a $50 copay and you need to go see a therapist once a week, that adds up. I mean, that's your grocery budget or your car payment. Like, it adds up. Um, finding the time to go see a therapist, finding one that you mesh with, you know, it can 
take you don't want it to open up to anyone you want to find the one that is going to help you um for me i'm pro i'm probably not a good one to answer this question um because i'm not actively in therapy right now uh and the reason why is because i can't do one more thing um you know i'm holding together my family as best as i can i'm keeping my son safe as best as i can i can't do one more thing right now um my guess is is that there are probably a lot of people in our community special needs parents wise who will say that exact same thing because we're so focused on our children mm -hmm. you know we have to do doctor appointment therapy appointment doctor appointment therapy appointment meeting uh insurance phone calls paperwork it, you know the mountain of responsibilities that we have when it comes to having a child with special needs and then oh you want me to focus on me for a minute right. you want me to go talk to somebody for right. 45 minutes or what an do you hour? do for self-care my favorite question that right, I get. Right, exactly. So, um, and I don't think the system is set up very friendly that way, no. unfortunately, either. Because we spend an hour in a meeting talking about our kids, and the last five minutes they might look at you and say, hey, what are you doing for yourself? Well, really, there's nothing because we're only going to spend five minutes on it, so I'm good. Let's just move on. Right. You know, we, we have this, like, keep going, keep going, keep right. pressing forward mentality, I think most of us. I think as parents, a lot of times we put ourselves on the back burner. Yeah. Absolutely. And we are so concerned about making sure everyone else is okay that we don't take care of ourselves. And one time I was flying on an airplane, and they always say, you know, like, in case of emergency, make sure that you have your oxygen mask on before you help your child. And it really stood out to me that, like, I can't help someone else until I help myself. So I've made a priority since then to take care of myself so that I can be a better mother and be more efficient at helping my family. Because if I'm drowning in depression and mm -hmm. I just want to sleep all the time, I'm not effective. I'm not helping them. You know, I'm running away from my problems instead of facing them and taking care of them. So I think that it's important. I know that finances get in the way and time gets in the way, but we have to take care of ourselves first. Absolutely. Um <coughs> I think we're moving on to one of the last questions here. Yeah. <coughs> what do you got for us? So, well, Jen has for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what has worked for you in the past to get help for your mental health? Do you want to take this one first? or? Um, for me, I, I have dealt with this long enough. I've struggled with it long enough. That I kind of know I need different things at different times. Um, so I've gotten to kind of know what I need. Um, so for instance, if I'm really struggling with depression and I'm isolating myself and I'm, you know, having trouble getting out of bed and having trouble doing things that I know I need to do, I'll reach out to my support system. Um like yesterday I texted you guys and was like, can we like sit in the same room and 
talk to each other <laughs> with snacks um, or something. Uh, because I know I have to do something or I'm going to go too far. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be really hard to get me back. Um, so, you know, sometimes that's just being around people as difficult as it may be. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, just taking time for myself. Sometimes I need to be alone and, you know, I might not text back for a couple of days or, you know, you might not see me and that's because I'm doing what I need to do for myself. Um, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I take medication. Uh, a lot of it, I'm on three different medications. Um, and they are helpful. I exercise and listen to podcasts, mostly about murder. Because um, <laughs> no matter how bad my life is, I did not get decapitated today. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. Um, I don't know. I just, I figure out what I need and I do it to the best of my ability. Um, I will say there's been a couple of things recently that um have helped you know owen has finally after a year of looking um owen has a respite provider now uh, so she comes to the house for three days a week for three hours at a time and she takes them to the park takes them to um ot takes them you know just hangs out with them they sit in his room and watch spongebob for three hours great i don't want to do it you know it just gives me a little bit of a break to where i can you know, do some laundry or take a nap or something. Um, and it's been really helpful. Uh, you know, I talk to my husband, I advocate, I try to help other people. Um, and those are the things that have really helped me. Should I be doing more? Probably. Should I be going to therapy? Probably, but I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> She says as she's sitting next as to a therapist. therapist. <laughs> listen, if I just tap all my feelings and all my problems way down deep where the light can't see them, they're not problems anymore. So I'm going to say that that's not what you do. Don't no. listen to that part. Don't, don't listen to me, guys. You don't want to be like me. Um, going to therapy is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and what works for me right now is definitely exercise. I have to walk. I try to walk every day. If I don't walk, I do yoga or I'll do both of them. Um, and I have a schedule that lets me do that. And I, but I've also, I hate this, but I've made it a priority. I hate to say that because I'm like, but it's so hard to make things priority when you've got 20 things that are a priority. Mm-hmm. When it's so hard because people are like, Exercise is the greatest antidepressant, but when right. you're so depressed you can't get out of bed, yeah, you can't exercise. You yeah. literally cannot move. Right. Um, I pay attention to what I eat. I don't always eat right, but I pay attention to it because I know if I have a bunch of sugar, I'm going to oh, feel... Oh, if you have 65 grams yes. of sugar at one time? Yeah, or a cookie <laughs> from Panera. I'm going to feel completely terrible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that, um, spending time with friends is super duper duper important. Um, so hanging out with you guys, doing something creative, like this podcast is important. Um, all of those things like kind of center me and focus me. 
going to church mm-hmm. is important for me. You know, my faith is huge. That that grounds me and centers me. Um, so all of those things and going to therapy is helpful, is, is, is really helpful. And I thought, um, it might be helpful to close out to like encourage, give, give some encouragement for folks. Yeah. So a couple of things, um, if you are someone, you know, is struggling with any mental health issues, whether it be from being a caregiver or, um, just because, um, I want to encourage you to seek therapy, um, number one, and that's because you don't have to wait until your life is completely falling apart. That's kind of a myth that people buy into, like, I'm not, it's not bad enough to go to therapy. Well, you know, most of the people that I see, they're, they're not like completely falling apart. They're just dealing with everyday stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed, one of the best things you can do is talk to somebody Um, and that's what therapists do. Um, and I thought it'd be helpful to tell you what counseling is and what it is not. Um, counseling is about a supportive relationship. Counseling is listening carefully. So your therapist will listen carefully to you. It's helping, um, get the person's story out without fear or judgment. And it's exploring options or alternatives to different problems And it's helping people to recognize to build their strengths. So I think when people walk into a therapy session, they think like, oh, the therapist is going to have the answers. And that's not the case. We're there to help you find your own. Um, And counseling is not solving another person's problems. It's not telling them what to do. It's not judgment or blame. And it's certainly not preaching or lecturing to the person. You know, when, when someone walks into my office, and I know a lot of other therapists operate from this, we think that you're your own best person, you know yourself the best. And Mm -hmm. so you can advocate for yourself the best. And you know, your strengths, and we want to help you build on those strengths. So if you're thinking, like I said, if you're in a kind of a sad place or a bad place, and you're thinking about therapy, hopefully that will help kind of push you towards it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, you don't have to be falling apart to get it. Um, And uh, number two, in terms of taking care of your mental health, Um, I think paying attention to what you eat and exercise is wholly important. Mm -hmm. Um, you just feel better when you're eating properly and when you're getting some exercise and walking is a great way to do it. If you can't do anything else, go walk for 10 minutes, do it a couple times a day, take those breaks, um, turn that brain off and get kind of back in touch with your body. Um, and then finally, I would encourage people to seek out other meaningful relationships outside of maybe their home, right? <clears throat> so you might have a great marriage or you might have a really good relationship with your kiddos. Um, but I want to encourage people to maybe seek um, a faith-based relationship. Maybe go see a church, go visit a church if you've not been in a while or if you haven't been before. Um, there's plenty of them out there and it's fine to shop around for churches. I think mm-hmm. people think when they go to a church, they got to stay there. You don't have to go visit other places, find one that works for you, you know, build your faith, um, if you can every day, um, and seek those meaningful relationships that are out there. So hopefully those three things can kind of, and there's also, um, I just want to add, there's some great, uh, support groups. Yes. Um, I know the Autism Society of Central Ohio has a support group that meets once a month in the Pickerington area. Uh Uh-huh. Um, it's a great group. There's the autism community 
is like nothing else. Like we are here for you. We want to help you any way we can. We understand we're not here to judge you. Yeah. Uh, Those meaningful relationships. Absolutely. People get it. Make all the difference. Sometimes we understand we are not going to judge if your kid's having behavior, if they're, you know, having a bad day, we've been there. We get it. So find those people, find, find your people, find your tribe. Yes. Those are the ones that are going to help you on the days that you need it the most. Yeah. So get on Facebook and look at the Columbus Autism Parents Facebook page. Come check out our page. We're a supportive place as well. Um, Come say hi to me or Sarah anytime. We're over there. We're ready to support and listen. And yeah, if you see me at Aldi, I'll probably have earbuds in my ears because I'm listening to murder podcasts. But yank them out of my ears and say hello. Say hello. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Jackie. Thank you so You're much. Welcome. And, and to Jen. Thanks for letting Jen, me crash who, your party. Yeah, thanks for bringing snacks. It was a good thing you did. I guess yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.